everyone. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Please do support the ones that support us here. We appreciate it very much. And uh, check out some of the other stuff we're doing. In fact, some of the other stuff I'm doing is maybe in the future where you need to go to hear this podcast. Uh, stand by for more information uh, as things evolve. Uh, DrDrew.tv, DrDrew.com is where we are sort of migrating most of our stuff. So just pay attention if you don't mind. I'll, I'll announce more as I know more. Speaking of no more, I've got my extra mom with me, the only, <laughs> one and only Gina Grad, at Gina Grad on Twitter, at Gina Grad on Instagram. And the book is My Extra Mom, and it is lovely and a lovely idea. Thank and, you. And I watched you at your wedding being, being the extra you mom. You did, officially. And, and I could tell right there that there was something really kind of special going on. Thank you. Yeah, and and I just liked the way you approached the whole thing. <sighs> Thank you. Yeah, he's my guy. He's my little guy. Yeah, but but it wasn't. You know, sometimes when the stepmom comes in, they're effusive and excessive mm. and compensating for some guilt or Over or, tr- or trying to be better than the biological mom or whatever. All of it. These are all pitfalls. <laughs> These are all not good. Wouldn't agree more. <laughs> yeah, and I saw your balance. That's what I liked. And thank so you. Tell us about the book. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. So I I wrote the book that I couldn't find. That's that's just what happened. I mean, this little guy came into my life when he was two and a half years old, and I'm really scared of kids. And I'm not like saying that like they will tell you you're fat, you're ugly, you're not funny. What are you doing here? I've I've oh, heard that's it. them on a good day. I, they'll if, they'll find something a little more destructive. If you're not down with rejection, stay single. You don't want a little kid telling you you've gained weight. I'm I'm afraid of like a little kid being honest. I think that's a very scary thing to to. You know what I just with. realized? Uh, I think my wife actually didn't grow out of childhood because she just <laughs> shit comes out of her mouth much the way it comes out of a child. Yeah, but I'm she's literally hot. like, do you hear yourself? <laughs> <laughs> she can get away with it though. She's fucking hot. I guess. So, um, so I looked for this book. I went to all the bookstores and libraries. The closest thing I could find, maybe you've heard of it because apparently it was quite the thing in the 80s. Uh, nobody gave it to me when my parents got divorced in the 80s, but it was a book called Dinosaurs Divorce. No, I didn't hear that. Was not no. the book I was looking for. It was uh. the only book recommended to to me. Uh. So I really wanted something that I could read with like a toddler to be like, this is who I am. Mm. This is what our relationship could be. And it it didn't exist. So we just fumbled our way through the next five years and made a lot of mistakes and had a lot of fun and a lot of love. And then I wrote it for yeah, the next I, people. I, I get nervous when there's an over-idealizing of the child. You know, like I, I've seen step parenting books yeah. that are like and here the three of us are walking into the sunset yeah. like yeah. in this glorious future mm-hmm. and it's like no that's not how the kid feels the kid is conflicted at best and hopefully you can kind of manage that 100% yeah. so let me let me give you my elevator pitch for the book that's already written <laughs> the book that you me. should buy where do they buy it Amazon it's right. my extra mom on Amazon hardcover paperback and Kindle mm. um, so I wrote this in a sneaky way and I, I've talked to Carol about this multiple times and I get I agree that anyone can shit out of children's book however this took like almost two years to write because it's supposed to be really sneaky it's supposed to look rudimentary it's supposed to look introductory but it has a couple of vibes so you saw by the pictures it's extra my extra mom has extra eyes to watch me so i don't get lost my extra mom has extra hands to do science projects no, with me. brilliant because i think most of these books historically have been sort of 
more in the vibe of my replacement exactly. mom. Exactly. <laughs> so that this is written for all for for everyone in the family. This is for the kids saying this is what this is who's coming into your life and this is why. This is for the the primary or biological mom saying this is extra, this is in addition to, not in place of what you're already doing. And frankly, stepmoms can use a little PR, like a little good PR. Stepmoms. Yes. Oh, I agree. It's all Cinderella and you can't go to the ball and you live in a tower, grow your hair out and you're banished from the kingdom, eat the poison apple. Like we're well, just people. I know you are the evil queen. Exactly. I've, known that, I've known that about <laughs> you, know you for forever. <laughs> but but and then, you'd he, like to back off of that moniker now. I would very much like to pivot <laughs> from being evil. And then in the back of the book is all get to know you stuff, all fun questions, yeah, cool challenges. Stuff. I'll sit with the little one at dinner and go, "How was your day at school?" And he'll go, "I forgot." They forget. They don't care. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to be quizzed. These are, they, but, you know, tune. It's a male. The male's a little different. <laughs> really? Oh my I was goodness. told I was a little on the chatty side at dinner about my day. This kid, it's like you need a crowbar. To yeah, get males anything. don't. Don't we don't. We're not. Um, we're a little less this way as children, but once the full biology kicks in, <laughs> we have a, don't have a motivational system that's gratified by talking. That's women are gratified by talking so much. Yeah, they like, especially during adolescence, they need to talk. The male goes the other way. You literally have to go out and play basketball with right. them alongside of right. women, women and young females face, face, to face to face, males alongside. Like the parallel play. It becomes threatening face to face. It's actually threatening to us. That. It, when we, I was, we learned to overcome that, but that's you know when when the biology is just getting that's started. So interesting because my brother and I were both uh, planted firmly in therapy when we were little, and we had two very different approaches. Um, I remember I would tell them anything they wanted to know. I sing like a canary. My brother said I have to go to the bathroom and walked home. Mm. So I think you're onto something. Oh no, I know I'm onto something. <laughs> we actually we actually went to a uh, neurobehavioral specialist when our kids were three. Because we were, we found ourselves yelling a lot. We're like, okay, this is not good if we're yelling. Right. Something is wrong. And what he showed us was we were missing these opportunities to set limits and adjust behavior like three or four steps earlier. Like we we were missing these things that we should have been jumping on. I can't imagine and, you yelling, first of all. Oh, when they're fuck, at that age and they're old. Yeah. Listen. Take that arrow out of your mouth. You don't think you yell about that? It's Take true. that you, knife out yeah, of your nose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Put that fork out of Away the, from out the of outlet. The, out of the outlet, which, yeah, yeah. which Douglas did twice. What? Put, put a fork into the outlet and then a knife. <gasps> I don't know what he thought he was searching for. Both times, death. Severely electric. of death. <laughs> severely electric. But anyway, then you yell. And the, the point is, there's things that they were doing a couple, three steps earlier that you get oh, on and God. adjust. Any event, the, I bring this guy up because. He told me he was a young man, and he had a basketball court out back. Yeah, and he'd take the males out there, and we'd play basketball with them. And he said, "You know, the the neurobiology behavior of of the male versus the female is so so complicated. I could only handle one sex, not one gender, one sex, one biology, because they're so fantastically different oh that if God. I'm going to master the one, I can't I can't go to the other. And and I'm better at this. So I, he I'm, works exclusively with boys, only boys." Wow. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad you said that because I'm learning as we go because this one's almost eight now. He he wants to make sure everyone knows he's seven and three quarters. Oh, wait wait and till he's 14. Holy fuck. I'm, I'm really scared because I <laughs> feel like be. he's cute. He's a little toehead. He's a little sassy little guy. He's sweet though. He's, he's nice a guy. good kid. Yeah. But then it's like I've seen what little rat faced assholes. <laughs> 
<laughs> these adolescents become. I'm, well, I don't get it. To be fair, it's, again, worse on the mom. The daughters are tougher on the mom for some reason. As one psychiatrist told me, he, he was – we were treating a, a gay couple together and he was he was saying, you know, this the, the relationship of a mother and daughter is sort of – Dicey. At, he sort of said he was teaching me to kind of act it out in these, this gay relationship we were, uh-huh, we were uh-huh. treating. And he said there is no more intense emotional landscape than what goes on between a mother and her daughter. That's the most intensive emotional space for the human being. And I thought, <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> That's so interesting because, you know, they always say boys act out, girls act in. Correct. And I would imagine when you have two females both acting in, the passive aggressive is just, just pings red all the time. It's hard for me to say because – I can uh, tell you. Yeah, because we don't notice it as males. We don't notice it. We're very – especially adolescent males. We're very, very direct. Well, and it's like – Oh, second. sure. I'll say this while you uh, take course, that call. I'll filibuster. The when they hours. talk about – an old Seinfeld episode where Elaine says something like, you know, boys will beat each other up and girls will tease each other until one of us develops an eating disorder. Yeah, the teasing thing is really interesting because men use teasing as uh, bonding, bonding, yeah, as a way of connecting, and women are very not down with that, and and even you know, and and I I noticed that as an adult, you know. <laughs> Am I, do I even qualify as an adult male anymore? I'm sort of beyond adult male. Yeah. I still do it. I do it to my wife all the time. The teasing? All the time. How does she receive that? Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm taking a beat because it's really interesting in that since she's been on testosterone replacement, better. I swear to God, better. She'll laugh at it a little bit Wait with a second. Me. Why is she on testosterone replacement? Well, this is a whole other story. Which is that hormone replacement therapy right. now typically includes testosterone. I had no idea. That's what yeah. I have to look forward to? Well, you can look forward to it because it, it, it's, it, good. It, it's good. It's okay. good. <laughs> and, and particularly in some people, it's a very important. And for her, it turned out to be really important. So, wow. So, you know, and there's debate about it and whatnot. But generally, the, we know for sure that the ovaries are your main source of testosterone. You have adrenal testosterone as well. Uh, and when they shut down, all that goes away. And that is not – some women really – and so for years, because she had her ovaries hyperstimulated for a fertility campaign, uh-huh, that's why we ended uh-huh, up with triplets, uh-huh. she shut down rather early, wasn't recognized, oh. was being treated as depressed Oy for like 15 years, Jesus, gets on woman. replacement and like comes to life and goes, holy shit, those assholes were treating me so wrong and – I feel like a part of me that was dead is alive again. It's like wow. super crazy. Like I've regained a part of myself. That's incredible. Yeah. So you're saying with like Clomid and all the you know fertility stuff, you only have it's finite. So once it was taxed, it was taxed. Your ovaries, when they shut down, they shut down. Goo. That's it. They're gone. Okay. Uh, they stop. Uh, uh, but with uh, intensive ovarian stimulation, like you know, to produce the eggs and things, right. so they can harvest them. There's some evidence that that might accelerate shutdown, and she already had early menopause in her family heritage, oh, that's and it was just all messed. It was just missed. She probably started when she was 30, and it just was missed. And, and she, I'm, so she was quote unquote depressed. Depressed. Well, and down. you're stressed. You're a triplet mom. Yeah. What do you expect? You're stressed. Of course, you're not happy. It's hard. It's Aren't difficult. You, how old are the kids now? Thirty. Oh! Oh, are you It is funny, isn't it weird? Oh my god! But now, I mean, I see your posts. I've met your children multiple times. They're so good, normal, cool. Like we're happy. Do you do you feel like it is just all 
sunshine and rainbows ahead or do you still bump heads with them? Oh, no. It's, it's, it's always, every day, something. I don't see it. <sighs> well, I'm grateful for what I'm grateful for. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm realizing uh, at this stage of my parenting life yeah. is that you really cannot superimpose your priorities and what you think is necessary for a good life on your kids. You cannot do that. Although one of them has fully adopted that my point of view and is benefiting from it. And the other two, not so much. Do you so, do you pit one against the other? No, God, God no, that'd God, be so no, 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 delicious. Oh my goodness, no. That's again, male brain feeling. Right. <laughs> so back to your back to your point about the teasing. Yeah. So she now kind of laughs at the teasing That's uh, so sometimes. Funny. Actually, what's you know what's fascinating? So she has these pellets. She has to get placed every like three months, and they were way down lately. She had to, she she had her doctor got sick, and they got put yeah. off a week, and she was like sweating and having right. the whole thing. And I you and I just realized the last this week week, I was teasing her about some things we normally laugh about, and she wasn't laughing about it. Isn't that interesting? Low supply. Yeah, low testosterone. Wait, I may have heard about this. We don't have to get too personal. Go. Uh, but is this the pellet where it goes where I think it goes? I heard I, – a friend of mine just texted me that she's not going to do the hormone replacement therapy because she says they have to, like, cut an extra yeah. incision in your anus and oh, then put it anus, up there. Oh, not your anus. On your buttock, on your ass, on your oh, hip. Oh, th- I hip. think she thinks it goes right no, inside. No, it's not going there. That's hysterical. Well, no like, wonder she doesn't want to do it. That's a suppository. Oh Who among god. us hasn't? Oh my god, that's funny. Okay, so it doesn't go. It, she thought it was like an episiotomy. No, no, it's it's a tiny, like tiny little scar. They and they tend to you can't even see them. They just oh, go away. I feel better. And then then they jam these pellets in there, and generally they stay put. Uh, but they're. <laughs> But uh, you know, I, we, I've done many podcasts about this, and it, it's 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 something that bothers me because women are ignored for for their biological needs. Well, you know? that was the other thing I was told. It's not exactly covered by insurance. Uh, that stuff probably is not. But you can find ways to get proper replacement therapy with insurance coverage, with Medicare coverage, things like that. You can Medicare? Do I have to be seventy five for that? Well, I'm saying that you, in terms of who needs sustained right. treatment like that, it's right. you know you get older, and that's what needs to be sustained. Yeah, I'm very young. I'm like twenty six. Yes, I'm um, aware. I've known mentally, that mentally, and <laughs> I I'm like I don't know why I'm wearing a coat right now. I'm always hot. Like that's a new thing. I used to always be cold. Mm-hmm. Now I'm just I'm mm-hmm. sweating all the time. Uh-huh. The air in my house mm-hmm. on a winter day, shut it, is like fifty five, and I'm perfect, and everyone else is a miserable um thoughts <laughs> get your fsh tested that's all that? i'm saying that's your pituitary's response to circulating estrogen but and if i it's have dropping, so many childbearing years ahead of me if, but if your fsh is if your pituitary is driving your ovaries to keep them going it makes you hot they may not keep up quite the way they'd like to the way your body would like them to, anyway. That was a nice way to put it. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny. I get asked all the time, especially because of this book, why I don't have, quote, my own kids, uh. my own biological children. And that's a tough one for me to answer, not because it's emotionally tough, but well, because you I don't with, have a good answer. You open with, I don't like kids. That's <laughs> no, and that's the thing. I love kids. Wait and a minute. You open with, I don't, I'm no, scared of I'm You're scared, scared of, of okay, kids. Okay. Um, but the thing is, and I, I mean, I, I'm pretty open about this, is... I'm a very squeamish person, very physically. I don't like blood. I don't like stuff. I don't know how anyone performs surgery. And the thought of like growing a human and having that take over your body mm. and all the stuff that goes with it, God forbid there's complications. I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm designed f- to, to do that. I don't think people should ever apologize for that. Thank you. I, I think that that's a, 
uh, it's not even a choice in the sense that it's a feeling state. And, exactly. And we, we should be honored. I mean, I feel bad for women. Listen, the fact that some women, probably most, have such a profound drive to do exactly what you're uncomfortable with yeah. that they they die they they yeah. like kill themselves yeah. to do it yeah. and 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 throughout humanity they were you know throughout the history of humanity they were likely to die in yeah. childbirth right. and yet they still went on that i'm not sure that's healthy in a real sense <laughs> i mean it should be more of a choice than you know a drive you have to respond to all I the time i am so happy to hear you say that i honestly didn't know where you would land on that i know other people are like there's some there must be something wrong with you or there's oh, a no. glitch oh, and i'm no. thinking well what about all the women out there that we i'm sure we all know some that shouldn't have done this that weren't sh- suited sh- for it shouldn't have done it or or really really sacrificed themselves yeah. in ways it's like oh honey mm-hmm. right but and i i was watching <laughs> Okay. You okay. Said you, you, we were out in the hall, I think, and you said you don't sit around and watch TV. Yeah. The, the pandemic fucked my wife and I up a little oh, bit as it pertains to 90 Day Fiancé and Extreme Sisters. That, that's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a symptom of how fucked up the pandemic was for us. You understand? Symptom. <laughs> so we are deep in – we are multi-seasons into 90 Day Fiancé and all the spinoffs. Brilliant producers over there, by the way. But the extreme sister thing, there's a woman right now, a black woman, who uh, is just dying to get not, – not even to get pregnant herself, but to have her – because she had a hysterectomy. Oh, boy. But to have her eggs harvested so her sister can carry the baby and literally said, I would die if it turns out I can't do this. Oy and I'm like, my goodness. Don't you think at some point that becomes – maybe a treatable treatable on another level when someone says, I will die if I don't well, have... Well, no, because I think this is representative of how a lot of women feel. And, <sighs> and to me, I, I have, I'm of two minds with it. One is like, oh my God, thank God there are women that feel that way. Right, Otherwise, right. there would be no humanity. No There'd be no male that would get pregnant because we don't have that drive. We really don't. But you, you have so much drive to plant the seed. Yes, we do. So wh- wh- why wouldn't you go the whole way? You understand when we're planting the seed, our goal is to avoid pregnancy and or take off. Oh, right. <laughs> so, so once they and, and by the way, once men get to the place that they want to have you have a child, there's no drive to have a child. There's a drive to be the head of a family and to grow that and build it. I can't be this old and hearing that for the first time. Yeah, I know. A lot of women don't get that. I, I had this conversation with a woman 20 years ago. She was, oh, come on. You have baby hunger, don't you? I'm like, no. <laughs> The opposite. <laughs> I spent 10 years making sure people didn't get pregnant. That's a, oh that was my, my goal God. in life. It, it, the drive to plant the seed with the male has a totally different thing connection had, to it. I had no idea. Oh, it's not to procreate. I, not at, not in our consciousness well, anyway. And, okay, so if we're going to go head-to-head with TV, now yeah. we're talking sister wives. Now we're talking really being the head. If you want to be the head of a family, yeah. be the head of a well, family. Well, there were many people like that in history. But uh, right. I would argue – that a not healthy for child rearing. It's not how you how you. I think there's enough evidence around that men that want to do this understand. Yeah. Look, I can't handle I can't handle this wife. I don't let want alone to spoil anything, wives. but it's not going super well for the Browns. Never does. Okay. It, it never the the multi uh, polyamory. God bless yeah. you. Do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. I there are armies of people trying to help people just have a stable relationship between right. two people. Just you add a one. third person in, it's. Right, exponential problems, and for and so unless the male has unlimited resources and unlimited power, right. 
which is again no good for the women and no good for the children. Right. Uh, well, so, not like biblically, the kings had you know eighty seven wives. That right. Makes and sense you think those for them they all happy? Well, they might be dead. You know, if they were <laughs> left to their own devices, you know what I mean? No, that's true. And and they might not have you know they might have not have had resources for their children, that's and, true. which is really what their goal was. But in terms of healthy child rearing. We know one's healthy. I mean, you need you, you can't. It's very hard to do on your own. And God bless everyone that does. I have. You need more hands. You need more. It's just and oh, boy, it takes a village. Oh, you just got to have somebody, somebody helping you there. It's just and again, this is full respect for women. Yes, this is this is like this is unbelievable what you guys do. And 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 I say the same thing. It's unbelievable what you guys do. <laughs> and so that's the thing. Like I was a babysitter, camp counselor. I I love. I love making kids happy, and I think I have a lot of maternal love to give. This is, this is perfect then for you. This, this is, is surrogate mommy, stepmommy. I have, I have a friend who said, do you remember maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, you said you think you would be a good stepmom. You think you kind of want to do that? I was like, no. She goes, you did. So it's kind of self-fulfilling because I think I've always known my lane. And does it mean that it's one big giant co-parenting happy family? It, no, it doesn't have to be. In our house, this is what we model and this is how we roll. And then you'll be back and you'll do your thing over there and you do your thing over here. And I have so much respect and compassion for the child who we we try to make sure doesn't feel like they have to split their life like they're Right. Like, I, I can't imagine how traumatic and, that would be. And, and the other thing is the, the child may have conflicted feelings, and, and that child's job is not to make sure you and the dad are happy. No. They, they're not responsible for your feelings. Again, this is the other thing in step parenting. You're I see a lot so of. right. It's so funny you say that because I follow all the right, good, bad, right, or wrong, all the TikTok, all the Instagram reels, all the, hi, I'm Betty Sue. I'm a clinical psychologist. And so I watch all of them. I ingest all of them. And I always say to this child. Is there really a Betty Sue? Who's a clinical I mean, Sue? probably. There's like, yeah, there's a Betty Sue and a Betty Ruth. Um, but I'll, he'll be playing, you know, Super Mario because that's how yeah. we connect. We both, like you said, we stare at the screen side and I'll go, side. so anyway, I'll say, you know that it's not, it's never a child's job to to make a parent feel better, right? Yeah. Yeah. And do you know, as much as we love you, we never really need your help. And he goes, what does that mean? And I heard this too, and I love this. So say a stranger comes up to you and says, hey, eight-year-old, I really need you to help me find mm-hmm. my puppy. We love you. We think there's a lot of value in what you do and what you bring to the family. An adult will never really need your help. That's a really clear, important message. Yeah. But, but I like, though, that you you couched it in, however, we value you participation. 100%. And we want you to be a part of building this thing we call a family. A hundred percent. I mean, I, like I said, I'm really into this shirt. Yeah. So like, and mo- sometimes I, I, I whiff it and sometimes it's not the right Everybody advice. Everybody fucks up in parenting. Are you that's kidding? That's the next book. Oh. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like talk about, I'm, I'm coming into a family already in progress. So I don't even have the emotional bond to this. Ch- I mean, I don't have the uh, chemical bond to this child. Mm-hmm. This is something that we've created. And, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, but it's very big in the step parenting community. Have you heard of nacho? No. Nacho kids. Oh, and it's a real like I'm nachoing, I'm a nacho. There's a website and some people prescribe to that and I I respect it. I'm kind of, you know, they'll say like I'm more like the fun aunt. Oh. Like anything about the child he has two parents. That, that he'll sound, figure that out. That I I get that on one hand, on the other it sounds like you're 
avoiding the unpleasantness that children always bring. I when think they're that's emotional. the point. <laughs> yeah, and, and you don't want to be a part of the emotional needs of the child because it upsets you and it's difficult. That could be that, and yeah. then frankly, that could be true. Yeah. But well, um, I, and and by the way. Okay, like yeah. if you're not up for it this and you can't manage right it, relationship? or just maybe you're not a good step. Well, I don't want to judge people, but <laughs> but maybe that's your role as step parent. You know, right. what I mean? that you sh- you shouldn't try to take the full Monty, take right. everything on. I mean, the closest- right? not not optimal for the kid, right? Uh, because yeah. because then you know the fun ad just becomes a way to split. You know what splitting behaviors uh, are? When you pit one parent against the yes. other. Yes. And the aunt can somebody you can always go to and have fun and complain about everybody else, get endorsed for that feeling, and then go back to the reality. I've never looked at it that way. I, I think what the the reading I've done is more like, oh, you guys are fighting? I, I'll, I'm going to go to the mall. I'll be back in an hour. Like they just completely remove themselves. Again, not horrible strategy. <laughs> But but if you then continue to insist on being the front fun aunt right. that you are around, you're you're creating no, you're right. a split. You're I think you're right. And, you know, parenting I, it, look, parenting is like drug treatment. <laughs> it's how, it's how oh, I run do drug tell. treatment. It's it has to be a unified front. Right. There's got to be multiple people involved. Again, this is not against single moms at all. Bring somebody in, neighbor, parent, sure. grandparent, somebody. Teacher. You got to have multiple right. teacher. Right. You got to have multiple people there. They need to have their arms locked, if uh, not actually physically, but but emotionally. They need to, and they have to have complete and total faith in one another's position mm. and what one another says mm. and what one another feels. And because so, so when we we're in drug treatment. What you get all day long is, well, Sasha said I could have some – if you would just prescribe it. I'm like, really? I know she didn't say yeah, that. Yeah, what are they, oh, four years Dr. old? Dr. Blum is nicer than you and he and he said I'm a need of – it's like, no, no, because I know him. I know us. We're, we all have your best interest in heart and here's what we need for you. Do you ever have – in your in your trial and error, all of – I know these, these days I, I imagine it's not a problem. But have you ever fell for it? Oh, of course. People are people are I I am I have not great I have I've had to build my boundaries in years of therapy. Yeah. Uh Same. and I'm rel- I I am uh, expect the best of people, uh-huh. you know what I mean? I just always I'll just always go on a positive bias. Perfect setup for manipulation. And so I've been manipulated a million times. And and so like when I again, this is not parenting, this is drug yeah. treatment. Uh, when I work with a patient, there's a nurse right behind me, and will kick. She'll kick my chair when I start going in. When I get manipulated, it's like, oh, there. And, and I have when she, I'll feel that chair kick, and I'll think to myself, man, I had no idea. And that's literally like she's just kind of watching as the as the physical safety net. She, she literally will say that they're like an octopus that gets their tentacles around you and pulls you in slowly, and you not realize it's happening oh, to you. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about this for a second. So that's, I mean, that's manipulation, obviously. Maybe it comes from a little, I, I'm, I'm, look, I just watch TikTok. I'm not a psychiatrist. But like a little sociopathy, a little in, narcissism. In, in, in the person doing the manipulating? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but, so but do all, they sh- all drug addicts for that. Right, all, so all that's my question. Do they shed that when they are in their sober period? Often, it's it's one of the it's one of the only times you really see that happen commonly, where they all come in borderline sociopath, narcissistic level of functioning is the way we say it. Uh-huh. They're functioning on the level of that character pathology. They're in a survival mode, right? Yeah, and that's always there, always operating. And for it, at very minimum, it diminishes a lot. 
because you can't stay sober and keep functioning that way. Right. So it, it's an interesting thing. You know, people talk about, you know, narcissistic disorders yeah. and borderline not treatable, not curable. Just right. you can give them DBT and kind of help them manage right. the borderline shit. But I'm telling you, when their life depends upon it, you see that shit get better. It gets wow. better and it takes time, but it does get better. And that's that's the miracle of recovery. And then they and then they find these glorious lives out there. And they find things to replace those feelings with, like gratitude and health and happiness. Replace those feelings with. Is that with. not the right? They, they do I, I want to make sure I'm accurate with how we say this. I uh, don't. <laughs> they do they do help their regulation is improved through gratitude and faith and, and uh, you know, giving it up to something. Right. Um, but I I would argue that the landscape of how they connect with themselves and other changes entirely. And as a result, their sense of self becomes more integrated and their sense of others becomes more realistic and less sort of – it becomes real. It becomes more real. So. That makes sense. And they're that, not – they're no longer looking for a supply the, in a human right. being. Right. And, and – they're prone that way all the right, time. Right. You know, I literally, you know, the comedy in my drug treatment program is, you know, the reason I take, you know, I got lots of people with lots of years of sobriety around me when right, I do treatment. Right. I have none. I, I, I don't, what? You know, I don't have the illness, it seems. Right. Not yet, anyway. Um, and uh, I'll come out of a, you know, a thing and I'll go, oh my God, she talked, first time she talked about her hatred for her mother and the violence and the abuse and blah, blah, blah. And Bob Forrest will look at me and goes, yeah, yeah, she wants you to prescribe clonopin. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she absolutely sees a giant sign over your head and she'll tell you anything. And she just wants meds. And I'm like, oh, come on, Bob. Dude, watch. In, within minutes, they come out and go, I'm, I'm so upset by what just happened in there. I got to have some clonopin. Oh, my, my or, yeah. God. Yeah. So how do you walk the line between being empathetic and, and not being manipulated? I, I look at it as they're sick. They can't help themselves. It's on me to get it right. And, right. and if I got in too far, too fast, whatever, that's on me. And I should be constantly under the understanding, particularly early in treatment, that the priority is always to use. Right. And, that's, and then for a normal brain, it's hard to keep that top of mind all the time. Oh, yeah. When of you're course. dealing with yeah. somebody, right? And so I watched an invention. And that's the thing. I used to be in a relationship with, with an addict. And Ooh. that was my first – and only time, God willing. Mm. And I, we don't come from that. We're Jews. We come from, I always say sodium before lithium. We like to eat. Eat, uh, uh, complain. No, fetch. <laughs> and so I And really, we're, we're tough on children. We're not great on children no, generally. No, you know. Yes. And see, by the way, I, I never talked about this, Please. but my family escaped the Holodomor and, and Stalin and the pogrom, all that oh. stuff. And so that rained down a few generations. That's, you know. See, we were already in, in, in Appleton, Wisconsin by then. No, no. We were – my grandfather came oh, from the old country and in, in to Chicago. And that trauma, I would imagine, takes generations to work out of a family. Correct. Got it. I pick up what you're putting down And completely. I got a big dose of it. Yeah. But anyway, good times. <laughs> you're the cycle breaker. Uh, God willing. It seems yeah. as such. Yeah, maybe. Again, I've met your children. You're the cycle All breaker. Right, okay. So I was in a very long relationship with, with somebody who battled addiction. And I – again, I don't know why. I always thought – I don't want to be – I would love to be in a relationship with a recovered addict. Mm. That's my person. They're energized. They're grateful. They have this great community. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not – I just – I think that would be amazing. Was this guy a recovering person or a using addict? When we met, recovered. Oh. Uh-oh. 
So I did. That's the thing with recovery. I didn't know, <laughs> and so I the the first time I saw him sneak in a sip, I, I didn't know. <laughs> such a great statement. <laughs> Tells you everything you yes. need to know. Yes, my head like I got dizzy. Like yeah, it was yeah, like whoa, whoa. Yeah, because reality because they're so manipulative and so sneaky oh. that you go whoa. This is not the reality I thought I was and living then, in. And then I, being of a fucking codependent from Jump yeah. Street, yeah, yeah. I'm constantly searching for that repair moment. Like, but we're fine. Now I want the bubble to pop so we can start again. I love. I was so young. I I love the apologies. Oh, I love no. the putting me up on a pedestal. I'm the oh, one that's going to change. I didn't. But this know. is me sitting across from the patient now. What you had to realize is yes, all that will be rendered so I can keep using. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. That is god damn it. So that's the thing. <laughs> I think you'll respect this. I we'll see. Um, my my therapist at the time. Oh good. Um, that's that's the way you survive. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You have to have somebody else there because otherwise it's the little shop of horrors. Well, and that's It's the plant and the little shop of horrors all the time. You go near the plant, boom, you go in. You're absolutely right. I originally got into therapy because I knew I needed to to break up with someone I didn't know how Mm. after many. She actually said to me, on a scale of one to 100, how ready are you to break up? And this is the first time I fell for it. I go, pretty ready. I'm like, I don't know, 60. She goes, okay, what else do you want to talk about? (laughs) <laughs> I said, what do you mean? I'm here to break it. She goes, you're not ready. 60. Well, I'm sure there's other things we can we can look at and we're CBT and whatever, but you're not, you're just told me you're not ready. So sometimes we got to go around the mulberry bush a few times and oh. I will be here. Yeah. And that like, I get choked up thinking about that because the yeah. empathy and well, the cl- knowledge. Well, also wisdom in that. Yes. <laughs> and so with this person, it had been so much and I had been calling her. On the you know bathroom floor, unable to get the words out, just sort of heaving, <laughs> you know. And she's like, "Okay, okay." And Did you she, go to Al-Anon or anything? Here's the thing: yeah. I went to Al-Anon and I came into therapy as proud as could be, and I said, "You'll never guess, I went to Al-Anon like I'm on this new thing." And she goes, "I don't want you in Al-Anon." And I go, "What? What do you mean?" I I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought you'd be so proud. Oh, she wants you to break up. She goes, Al-Anon is for people who yeah. can't escape. You know, yeah. this is for daughters, There's, for yeah, family, yeah. for people yeah. who've been in relationships for yes. 45 years with three kids. Again, this is a very wise person. I was with. so grateful. Yeah. She's she's incredible. That, that's, that's a hard – man, that is a tough navigation because you're – I didn't know. You're, you're not – well – you're not supposed to recommend anything. Right. You know, and so she's kind of recommending breaking yeah, up. We're cool like that. But but she knew that you came with that as the reason you're in therapy. Exactly. So, and she goes, yeah. that door for you, whether you realize mm-hmm. it or not, is wide open. Mm-hmm. I know it doesn't feel like it. And then here's another one that I, I'm just – I sing the praises of this woman because she's I, – I believe she saved my life multiple times. I think I need to get her name and number because I, 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 I have people. She's incredible. Well, she's the one at the, at the wedding when I quoted her and I said – you know, some someone told me uh, when one door closes, another door opens, but nobody tells you the hallways are hell. Mm. And I mean, everything. She's just she's incredible. Mm. So um, that's a poof. Yeah. Nobody. You know, we all forget to tell you that part. Yeah. So she's she's amazing. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say about her. Probably something great. Um, but how you got out of this really where we're going. Oh, you, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> so. I was, I was, I had one foot out the door and it was, it was percolating and, and we were going to go on this vacation together. Mm. And I was kind of still like, I'm kind of in it. I'm kind of not. And the night we were supposed to leave for the, um, on a red eye for vacation, he blows up at me and it's this, I, he's 
screaming at me. He called me like pretty unsavory names. Was he drunk? Was he? No, I, I think it was patrol? because he was white knuckling a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it just started with me. And I go outside and I call her. And I go, I don't know what's going to happen. We have an Uber coming. I don't know if, which one of us is getting on this plane. And again, we're cool. We've had, we're close. I don't know that any therapist would say this to any of their patients, but she said, you're not, you're both getting on the plane. And I go, what? Did you see what I said? She goes, you're going to get on the plane and you're going to have a great time and you're going to, you know, have this amazing week because you know that this is the last vacation you're ever going to take with him. Ooh. And this is, this is the sort of your, the big finale. I want you to enjoy your time out of the country. I want you to enjoy this experience with the gratitude of knowing that this is the last, this is it. So go have, you know, I, have I, the experience. I must have this person. She's incredible. Yeah, that's a, that is a ballsy position to take. And we went and, and it was and, fucking incredible. And yeah. I, but it was not. But, I mean, but, but here's the thing. It was I, not sexual. It was, it was just, it was good for both of us. I, I would imagine. In in my mind, I would think, oh shit, they're going to rebond and it's going to nope. be all tied up again, and we're going to have to start all over. And she was so deeply I, I in, ingrained in me. Yeah. She was. Thank God, I had a good puppet master. That's yeah. my terminology, not hers. Mm-hmm. Um, she even said something. I didn't realize how sort of lovingly manipulative therapists are, because she's even said to me, like, we therapists, if we want you to break up, sometimes we can plant the ick factor in you. And I was like, what does that mean? And I don't know if that resonates with you. I've seen therapists make decisions that are tough. Yeah. Uh, both for and against staying in a relationship. Mm. Uh, and it's tough. It's, it is. It's, it's part of the art. Well, and she's – I mean she's said this to me before. She goes, you know, I do couples counseling, but sometimes they only come to one session because I say, after getting to know you – I don't think I can help you stay together, but I can help you break up and I can right. help you do it really lovingly yes, and helpfully. They're, 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 that's sort of where couples therapies usually start, which yeah. is, are you guys in here to stay or in here to break? And and then Well, the they're not going to tell you the truth. No, no. They? Oftentimes they're part of they, – they'll – They'll eventually say, right. "Yeah, I think this is done." You know, and that's isn't that incredible? Haven't we come so far in therapy? I you mean, mean, shouldn't we be able to salvage relationships in therapy? Well, sure, but I just mean like I think of what I've read about you know psychiatry in the '60s, and like we weren't coming at these things in a. It seems like in a very evolved way. You, 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 the history of American psychiatry is so fucked up. If you want to read about it, it's <laughs> okay, book, Tom Cruise. It's a book called Shrink. Oh, by the head of the, the president of the American Psychiatric Association. And it's about how psychiatry started as a medical discipline. Right, sure. Well, so that's what psychiatry versus psychology is. Right, but it was prone to excesses. And if you saw the, the, the my favorite TV show, The Nick, there's a, mm-hmm. a woman that gets psychotic and kills her baby and she goes to a psych hospital and they pull out all her teeth because the bacteria or what are infecting her brain. Oh, and stuff. That's Jesus. the kind of shit they would do. So and they, like lobotomy is pretty pre- prevalent. Oh, my God. Yeah. They, they, the, the excesses of psychiatry in their biological pursuits was horrific. Didn't they fuck uh, up one of the Kennedy girls? Oh, that's that? why oh, – it was a long story here. Okay. The, yes, they did. And Rose Kennedy is on the record, the mom, uh-huh. saying that that was, the, that was the thing that upsets her more in her life as compared to assassination of two of her sons. <gasps> what they did to Rosemary was worse. Oh, my God. And – Rosemary essentially was an addict with borderline personality disorder, okay. and it was Joe that fucking get take care of this kid kind of thing. Um, so that's where we were, is what I'm saying. The guy won a Nobel Prize for coming up with lobotomies. If you want to know how fucked up medicine can get, 
Look at COVID. Look at opioid crisis. Look at lobotomies. The, we be very careful with evangelical physicians, physicians who've got the answer. Right. Just watch out, everybody. Um, the point being, alongside of all these biological pursuits, the entire discipline got captured by psychoanalysis. Mm. So psychoanalysis came to the United States as it was exiting Germany and France. Right, right, right. It was like done there, and all of a sudden, <laughs> we decided this was the answer. And again. Evangelists got into the government, started doing their social engineering, and that's why we have homelessness because they undid the state hospital systems and didn't make any they, – they decided that the reason people had mental illness was because of hospitals oy. and oive. And so they captured it and it was a 50-year period where American psychiatry did not move forward. And, and, and did, sounds like did some damage. And did untold damage in terms of their, their sense of saving the world and evangelism again. Wow. Um, so, you know, be careful with doctors who are saving the world because medicine needs humility, humility, humility above all else. Um, I was saying that because it, it took a lot of experience. We're still, we're still into camps and things that are kind right. of fucked up. But uh, you're right. It's much, much, much more uh, – more, um, Embedded in reality, in the human experience, right. and helpful. Right. <laughs> and so. talking about addiction and medicine and all of this stuff, where do you land on um, medicine like uh, Suboxone or Antabuse or things? It's like, well, just take this pill. Yeah, the excesses again. The evangelism is the problem. Do you think Can pills like that work? Yes, they work. Properly selected for the proper patient and the proper doses for the proper duration in addition to some other things being done. Got it. Not just, we're fixed, right. give you the pill. That will never happen in addiction. There will never be a pill that fixes drug addicts. What about There people- are pills that make them, and literally this is in the literature, less noxious, less oh. obnoxious. Well, that'll I'll take. Methadone, we yeah. call that. Oh, right. So, and by the way- uh, heroin was originally uh, – watch the Nick. Just watch the fucking okay. Nick. That's even, <laughs> about the turn of the century hospital in the United States and, and, and in New York and the, the main surgeon gets a cocaine addiction. Well, it was in Coca-Cola for God's sake. It, it, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> Done. I, I love I, that I, kind I'm of I'm having thing. a real – that's why I was so upset during COVID. I know what the excesses of yeah. medicine do to people. They fuck people up. And everybody was saying, I don't feel well and I'm told I can't go outside. Something. Somebody save me. Safety Uber, life is not safe. Right, life is dangerous. Um, Safety Uberalis is. Uh, well, you, it's like saying I don't want to die. I understand that no one wants to die, but if you don't want to die, you don't want to live. Because that's part of the process. That, it's part of the thing. That got life. me in the kishkas. And then, you're pointing at your yeah. corazon. <laughs> <laughs> the kishkas are over here, aren't they? <laughs> it's a catch-all term. All right, let's go back to parenting and, and motivate people to get this book. Come on now. Thank you. So, um, again, I think it's 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 kind of a sneaky book. It looks rudimentary. Actually, if you'll go to the um, – It's I not know. rudimentary. I was seeing oh, the exercises you. and things. And I'm like, ooh, these are, these are challenges. These are good. <laughs> if you'll go I can tell of, you did them. The, I, this is yeah. all stuff we do in the yeah. house. Yeah. Um, so we start with, you know, like, would you rather have hands where your feet are or feet where your hands are? Tons yeah. of like yeah. little get you going questions, challenges, fun games that he and I play. And then the very end is go deeper because we can't Ooh, start with that. that. Yeah, that. we can't start with oh, that. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. But like, you know, after you've had the fun, you can go, what makes you really mad? And what did you do to make yourself stop feeling mad? And what do you wish your stepmom knew about you? So this that's really interesting and important stuff. Um, 
if you don't start early and often with this, it's going to be really hard to do later. If you have an adolescent male trying to do this, it's going to be just about impossible. Wow. Not that I, not that you shouldn't. You right. should. But don't get angry with the kid if he can't quite manage. Articulate. Yeah. It's, that's the, these are really, really strong things that I, I think early and often um, – and but but realize that you know if you're dealing with a 15 year old you're entering that 15 year old's life, do it try it these yeah. are all excellent suggestions, but uh, alongside of him in, right. the, in the car playing right. basketball something like don't that don't get in his face not that's the not face. the way and don't need him to answer you don't right you, this is the thing about parenting generally it, we we put ourselves and our needs into the equation all the time oh sure and your Actor job projector your job is really to be creating safety. Creating values, creating motivation, and fucking dropping the axe when you need to. <laughs> but when you drop the axe, you cannot have feelings about it. It's yeah. not about you. If you do it in anger, mm-mm. yeah, I'm I'm good at that um, in our house, and maybe it's because I don't have the biological bond. But I I feel like I place loving. Uh, Loving boundaries, and then the little pitter pat of the Stewie Griffin feet go, Dad. Oh, so I'm like splitting. Andy, yeah. you stay with me, and we're yeah. really good at that. Good. Even if I don't agree, or I don't know what the argument is, it's very if, important. If he said it, we stick together. Yeah. But in the front of the book, I have a note to the grownups, and I specifically chose a font that's really hard to read, and I put it in italics. So it's it's I did that on purpose because it's not for kids to read, Ooh. and because this is like Look you at know Gary reading. Look at that. Gary's <laughs> in there reading. Oh, and I'm yes, reading. It. Copy. Oh, yeah, right uh, past the dedication of my beautiful, wonderful parents and stepson and husband. And I did that on purpose because, you know, these are for kids that may be still learning to read, you know, know, three to eight years old, whatever. And I don't – that message isn't for them. It's for the parents. And so then the bright, fun, colorful book of the start of the book can start for them. Note to the grownups. Yeah, it's called Note to the Grownups. And uh, I just – like I said, this book took me almost two years to put together, and it's going to be a series. I'm really excited oh, for the next one. Thank you. I am going into debt over this, uh, but I feel so called to do it. I can't help is it. Is there a website or anything dedicated to uh, this? Yeah. It's, they're work, he, I have a wonderful guy working on myextraseries.com. But right now, just go to Amazon and just follow me. I'll tell you when the next one drops. Just because I need more Gina, how yeah. many different fonts did you go through for <laughs> this? I just, I just, uh, I get really down the rabbit hole. With I know my how un, many, how many un, fonts? Unprescribed ADHD. <laughs> I think we went through probably thirty. <laughs> Because you had to find the perfect balance. Of, I know, I get it. A, an adult can read it without putting on their glasses, but a kid really would not be interested in the hieroglyphics they're looking yep. at. Yep. I really tried to smash so much into this little project, and I've gotten so many wonderful posts from people I don't know going, oh, I'm a stepmom, and this is amazing. And I just, I really appreciate it. Do you do a lot of posting on Twitter, at Gina Grad? All of it, okay. at Gina Grad. And, Everything will be pinned to the top of my Twitter. And what is the website going to be called? It's called myextraseries.com. But don't go there yet. It's not cute yet. All right. When it's cute, go there. In the meantime, just buy the book. Go to Amazon, buy the book, buy the Kindle, buy Thank it all. You. We need to spend more time together. I love you. I love you too. You're my guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks for coming He's to my wedding. Your, your boy's your guy. Your, yeah. your dude is your guy. You're, but, I can't but call I'm you one my of man. the guys. You're I'm one, one of the guys. guys. You're in a very small stable. Actually, I'm looking at two of them right now. And I'm having a weird flashback. We're dudes. <laughs> And I'm having dudes. a weird flashback to when our, that first night on in the uh, at the improv, at the improv. <laughs> <laughs> with uh, with uh, what's his name from Modern Family. Oh, 
with uh, Stone Street. Stone Street. Eric, Eric Stone, Stone Street. Street was there. That's right. And you were so you were doing everything you could to help me, but sometimes I'm beyond help. <laughs> no, I thought you did. A good, no, I thought you got it. I thought you. I thought you. Thank listened you. to me, and and you went, you actually went. Oh, that's what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. <laughs> okay. Good. And I don't know if you remember this, and I actually hesitate to bring it up because it was super embarrassing. I will never forget some troll because I have a few. Um, right when I started at Corolla, said something and added you like at added at Dr. Drew like yeah. hey Gina does at Dr. Drew know about your like drug problem <laughs> and I was like what the <laughs> fuck I got a phone call I'm telling you 90 seconds after that was posted hello hey Gina Dr. Drew <laughs> and I was like okay how do I do that? Dr. Drew, I am so flattered and I'm so grateful for what a wonderful person you are. I don't know how to protest just the right amount to know that this is not, this is just some guy. That's so funny. Um, so thank you for just caring about me. Appreciate always, it. always and forever. So there we go, everybody. And we'll see you next time. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com.